0: Welcome to the Rent to Retirement podcast, your resource for passive real estate investing and retirement strategies. If you're new to real estate or planning your financial future, you're in the right place. Join us at renttoretirement.com to find your path to financial freedom and an easy, carefree retirement. Enjoy the show. I am very excited to introduce you today to Zach semester He is the founder and CEO of a company called Rent to Retirement. And he is going to share with you today how we can achieve passive income while we're doing our day job, right? And not have to worry about it because his company is a full turnkey company.
1: To all the attendees, thank you for taking the time to join us today to talk about turnkey investing. Really what we're going to be talking about is the power of real estate in general, and a little bit about how turnkey might be a good option for some people that are looking to diversify, scale their portfolio, get started investing in some of the best markets. So very excited to be presenting with everyone. And again, Angela, thank you for the very nice introduction. I'll start with just a little bit of background about myself. Of course, as Angela mentioned, I'm an Air Force vet. So we had some other uh, military vets in, in the comments as well. That's fantastic. I spent about seven years in the Air Force. I was on an HPSP scholarship uh, going to professional school as an optometrist. That's where I met my wife in, in Oregon. She's also an optometrist. I joined the Air Force to practice optometry to fulfill my scholarship requirement for seven years after school. After that point, um, we, I decided not to renew my contract with the Air Force and we moved to Colorado, which I'm still at as well. So we live just north of Denver and we opened up multiple private practices and ran those for multiple years. Throughout that entire time, we were investing in in real estate ourselves. Even the first house that we bought when I was in the Air Force was a duplex. Rented out half, used a VA loan, uh, lived in the other half, and then kept that as a rental for many years and always scaled up over time. We got to the point where we started to strategically invest in the markets that made the most sense, not just where we were locally at, but having an actual plan and strategy to invest in areas that allowed us to attain the best return on investment, achieve the highest cash flow. And through that strategy, it took us to the next level where we were able to replace our active professional income as optometrists to ultimately retire from that career field. And so we retired at a young age from the, both the Air Force and then also from our optometry career through passive income through real estate. And so that was very exciting for us. It took many years to do that. And we started out slow. I mean, it started with one house and continually scaling up over time. That caught up a lot of our colleagues' attentions and friends and family who came to us and said, that's very interesting what you're doing. I want to do the same thing, but I don't have the knowledge. I don't have the time, the expertise. It takes a lot of time to build a team in these areas that I'm investing in. I can't invest in my local area because it's too expensive. How do we How do, we do that? And so that kind of kick-started the initiative for rent to retirement, our turnkey company that we still operate today to assist investors in learning how to build a passive income portfolio and assisting them in accomplishing that over time. So that's a little bit of history about myself and our company. Fast forward where we're at today, since that first house we had, the duplex in North Dakota, which where I was stationed in the Air Force, is, as well as in Germany. But since that first house, we've always bought real estate every single year, and we've always bought more real estate and compounded through the, the methods that we're going to be talking about today, to the point where we achieved you know, seven-figure passive income through our real estate endeavors just by simply scaling up and buying more over the years using the tax benefits we're going to talk about. So a little bit about me, we've done a lot of deals over many states. We work in multiple different states. We specifically choose areas that are going to be the most attractive investments. So we'll go ahead and continue and talk about that. Kind of what we're going to go through today, I know that our audience probably has a variety of different backgrounds, whether they're experienced investors or brand new people looking to get into that first investment property. This presentation will be applicable to to everyone. There's going to be some things that are going to be high level, some things that are going to be very rudimentary, and that's okay. As long as everyone walks away today with some little nugget of knowledge that they can apply to their own life and their own investing career, then I've done my job. And I think it's been a valuable use of our time. We're going to talk about why everyone is should be investing in real estate to some degree. And just a little disclaimer, real estate is the only investing we do. I don't invest in any stocks, bonds, mutual funds. I don't have a 401k. I don't have a self-directed IRA or IRA in general. I don't do anything else other than real estate because that's what we know. And that's what we've been successful with. I think it was Warren Buffett that said, invest in what you know and and nothing more. And I'm not saying that's right for every single person, but at least that's been the path for us successfully over many years. So rent to retirement, as Angela mentioned, we're a turnkey provider. We offer properties that have been fully renovated or newly built, leased and managed by us in the markets that offer the best investment criteria and opportunity. So investors, regardless of where you may live, you can come in and invest in the areas that have the best opportunity and have that local boots on the ground team that's going to be handling everything for you. So you're not having to go through the challenges and obstacles of building your own team from the ground up. You can easily diversify in multiple different areas and have the best opportunities presented to you in different areas. We take it beyond that step and we help our investors build a comprehensive plan and goal to identify what are your goals, criteria, timeline, resources? What are the best markets that are going to be congruent with your goals to invest in? And how do we build a strategic plan to help you scale to the next level? That's very important to us. We're not just selling turnkey investment real estate. We're assisting our investors in building a comprehensive business plan because that's what you're doing when you're investing in real estate. You're building a business. And there's a lot of things that go alongside with that. The ancillary things like what are the best loans to use? And we're going to talk about those today as well. What sort of tax benefits, what sort of legal structure do I need in place? How do I strategically diversify my portfolio in different areas throughout the country? So these are all things that we work with our clients on over time. We'll talk about turnkey investing, financing, kind of the general process. Really at the, at the end, I mean, we're going to be going through and opening up as an open forum to any questions that you have. There's going to be a lot of questions that will come up just in general. Hopefully throughout the presentation, we'll cover most of those. So real estate, I mean, again, obviously I'm biased in real estate. There's a reason it's the longest standing investment class known because it's housing. It's an essential piece of life. You know, right up there with food and water, we need housing. And so people own houses. Real estate is one of the longest standing investment classes known to man. And there is also a reason why there's been more millionaires made in real estate than any other asset class over many years. It's estimated that over 90% of millionaires made their net worth and their wealth through investing in real estate through the the ways we're going to be talking about today. A common question that we get and what our business is kind of founded around is how many properties do I actually need to retire? How do I get there? And we're going to be walking through that. Today, we're going to talk about just investment real estate. There's a lot of different ways you can invest in real estate through REITs. You can invest through flipping, doing a model like wholesaling, something like this to build capital. Those are active businesses. While those are great ways to also be involved in real estate and generate income, what we're talking about today is just good old buy and hold rental real estate and scaling over time. I kind of like to use this acronym, why is real estate the ideal investment? And it really nicely goes through all the different ways that we build our wealth through real estate. So like I said, it's an acronym. It's, these are the different ways that we grow our net worth and income through investing in real estate. I is for income. Obviously, the cash flow produces income on a monthly basis. D would be depreciation and tax benefits. Personally, this is my favorite thing to talk about when we talk about real estate because there's no other investment class that compares to depreciation and tax benefits to rental real estate. The tax code is written for real estate investors. There's a reason 100% of Congress own real estate investments to some degree and why the tax code is still favorable towards real estate investors. It's a very real possibility That if you invest in real estate and have the appropriate tax structure in place, you can wipe out your active income, not only from your real estate investments, but from your other businesses too. It's no secret that the biggest obstacle or the biggest expense we will all have throughout our life is taxes. It's inevitable and it's not going away and it's not getting any cheaper. So, I mean, with some of the tax brackets in the 39 to 50% bracket for a lot of people, what if you could use your real estate investments to wipe out a good portion of those taxes that you have to pay on your active income or potentially all of it? So you earn 50% more that then you can reinvest. That's huge. We're going to talk about that. Ease for equity. Over time, as you own property, you grow your equity through appreciation and the tenant paying the loan down. Every year that you own real estate, you have more equity. That is another tool that you can use in the future. When you sell that property, you can get that equity back, or you can do a cash out refi and reinvest some of that equity. A is for appreciation. It's no secret that real estate goes up over time, regardless of short-term fluctuations. All real estate appreciates over time. Just by holding real estate and letting it do what it does, you will grow your net worth through appreciation. L is for leverage. Leverage is an extremely powerful tool, and this is what separates out real estate from any other asset class when you're investing and makes real estate, an extremely powerful tool. If you have $20,000 to invest and you put it into stocks and those stocks go up 5% that year, you essentially earned $1,000 on your $20,000 investment. Now you have $21,000, that's a 5% increase on that $20,000 investment. If you use leverage and buy a $100,000 house with your $20,000 down payment, and that $100,000, $100,000 house now goes up 5%. Now you have $5,000 of equity. You've only invested $20,000. That's a 25% return on your investment because you're using leverage. The other big thing with leverage is inflation. There's no secret today that we're having huge inflation and it's only getting worse. Inflation is to your benefit and is a tool when you're using leverage to buy real estate. Inflation over time will cause increases in appreciation and increases in rents. So when you have a property, it's a good thing to have inflation. Also, the debt that you take out for today's dollars, because inflation devalues money over time, the money that you pay the bank back is worth less over time. So inflation is a tool when we're using leverage to buy real estate. We're going to break all of these down through an example. There's such a thing as return on investment, and this is how we compare apples to apples when we're comparing one investment compared to another. So it's important that we just back up and know what we're actually evaluating when we're calculating a return on investment. So ROI stands for return on investment. And this is essential that you calculate this number because it's telling you how much money are you getting back in one year on the initial investment that you've invested. And this is what allows us to calculate a return compared to other investment classes, stocks, bonds, anything else. You look at at a one-year timeframe, what do you get back in year one? from the money that you invested. So it's a simple calculation of money earned divided by the initial investment. And so this is important to go through and make sure that we are always calculating the return on investment with all the different aspects that we are earning income in real estate. When you when we talk about the ideal acronym, cash flow is one thing that everyone always focuses on because it's quantifiable and it's easy. We can simply say here's a net cash flow. If we have $2,000 of net cash flow, And on a $100,000 house that I put $20,000 down to buy, $2,000 divided by $20,000 in year one would be a 10% return on investment. However, it's important that we look at the other areas that are less quantifiable to look at what the overall return on investment is on that real estate. A lot of those things like appreciation and depreciation, you don't actually capitalize on and realize until you sell the property or pull money back out. But it's important that we're tracking that so we're going to go through first how to calculate that so just on this example here with a two thousand dollar cash flow annually for a twenty thousand dollar investment that would be a ten percent return on investment compared to other things that we might invest in but again that's only cash flow so we need to go through and see how we calculate out these other areas so we'll look at an example just with simplistic numbers we'll say a hundred thousand dollar house just so you know, our our company strategically invests throughout the Midwest and Southeast mainly because this is where you have affordable housing and high rents and high rental demand. So, a hundred thousand dollar house is a realistic number for a house. It's on the low end. We would say seventy to eighty thousand dollars is probably a low end for a hundred thousand dollar house. It's on that lower end, maybe lower B class area. Typical home prices could be in in our I guess network that the areas that we offer could be anywhere from 70 to 300,000 on average. But we're going to use a $100,000 house example just for simplicity purposes, and this is realistic. So as we know, we can use a 30-year fixed loan, a conventional Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac loan with 20% down on a single family house. When you're doing multifamily, it's 25% down. We have 20% down for a single family. That would equate to $20,000 down. Again, we're going to use simple numbers here just for example purposes, There will be closing costs associated. Those could be three or four grand potentially, but we're just going to use the simple 20% down calculation for this example. When we look at a cash-on-cash return for a cash flow from a property, we need to look at your net operating income. This is your, your cash flow or the income you're receiving on a monthly basis after all expenses are taken out. So this is your loan payment, which is your debt service, your tax, insurance, management, anything associated with expenses. We also run a future potential vacancy and maintenance expense just so you know, even though day one you won't have maintenance and vacancy, it's important to factor those in. We're going to use an example of $250 a month a net cash flow that's after all expenses in this example. And again, this would be a, you know, a reasonable example to assume from something that we would offer to our clients. So how to calculate cash flow, we're going to go through and just look at the the same calculation we just ran. $250 a month cash flow times twelve months because return on investment is an annual basis is about three thousand dollars a month net income. Divide that by twenty thousand dollars. That would because that was the initial down payment. That would show a fifteen percent return on investment, which is is pretty decent in my book. I think from when you're comparing other things that you can potentially put your money into, fifteen percent on a hard asset is a is a pretty reasonable return on investment but we also need to look at the other things that are a little bit less quantifiable. So appreciation is is usually the next easiest thing to look at. Appreciation, again, we don't really realize until we sell the property or do a cash out refi where we have another appraisal on the property. Appreciation is evaluating what the home is worth at a future point in time or at this point in time compared to what what you bought it for. If you buy a house for $100,000, a few years later it's worth $20,000, you would have realized $20,000 of appreciation. We've seen historically that year after year, and this is across the board, incorporating over the past 40 years, incorporating, I'm sorry, 20 years, incorporating even the, the fluctuations in market conditions. Generally, across the board, you can anticipate about a 7% appreciation. However, markets, microeconomically speaking, in different parts of the country, sometimes are well above this and sometimes well below. In the Midwest and the Southeast, sometimes we actually see lower appreciation, but you also see less fluctuation during market downturns. We're gonna be conservative and use a 4% appreciation in our evaluation of this example. So, and we're going to look at year one again, right? So, over time, appreciation compounds. If you have a house that appreciates, you know, this is where you get this exponential growth, but year two and three and four is also taking the, few, the previous appreciation into consideration. On a $100,000 house that appreciates 4% in year one, now the house is worth $104,000. You would have realized $4,000 in equity, take $4,000 divided by your $20,000 down payment, and now you have a return on investment of 20% because of appreciation. Appreciation is an extremely powerful tool. Again, you're not realizing that until you either sell the property, possibly 1031 exchange it for more property, that would be the ideal goal, or You do a cash-out refi where you're pulling some of that equity. You're actually pulling that equity back out. A perfect example of this would be someone that's using a HELOC or a cash-out refi on their primary residence because the equity they've grown over time is sitting there not earning them income. Equity is a tool, and there is such a thing as return on equity. We're not going to go into the weeds of that today. There is something that can be done with that equity to go out and make money on it versus just leaving it in your residence. So this is what the example would be here with a 4% appreciation on a $100,000 house would be a 20% return on investment. Debt reduction, this is where the tenant is paying the loan down. So debt reduction is something you need to be paying attention to over time. And you are realizing this, even though it may be hard to conceptualize and wrap your head around. Anyone that's unfamiliar with an amortization scale should go on and you can go to bank rate or just Google amortization scale to see how this works. When you have a 30-year fixed loan, Every loan payment you make, a certain percentage of that is allocated to principal reduction, and a certain percentage is allocated to uh, the the interest. Now, banks are smart, and they want to be paid back on the front end, so they actually front load their interest on the first few years of of payment. So what that means is you are paying more interest in the first few years of your loan than you are principal, but every payment you make, even the second, third, and fourth uh, mortgage payment, you're paying more and more principal over time. Now, the tenant's technically paying that for you because they're paying down the loan. But what will happen is over time, year after year, you're going to pay down more and more debt, more and more principal on what you owe on the property. That is building real equity that you have in the property that you can access. So debt reduction, in addition to appreciation over time, is increasing your, your equity on the property. But it's important to conceptualize this and know that this is happening And also know how this can be a tool building equity over time to grow. So I've actually ran the amortization scale for a $100,000 house on a 30-year fixed mortgage. I think I used a 4% interest on this, which is what we're seeing right now with all-time low interest rates we've ever seen. And after one year, you would have reduced the principal, the tenant would have paid down through paying the rent, $1,535 in principal reduction. Keep in mind, that is the lowest amount that number will ever be. Every single year from there the principal will, will be reduced more and more as you own that property longer. But it's a real number we need to calculate into the equation here. So you take that 15.35 divided by your $20,000 investment and you realize a 7.7% return on investment. Depreciation and tax benefits. This is going to get a little bit high level because it's harder to wrap your head around this. There's multiple things that need to be factored in. What tax bracket are you in? How does that actually translate to actual tax deductions? And so just bear with me here. This is maybe something you need to take some notes on. We can go through some questions on it. We can also go through and you know just re re listen to this and and map out. I think it helps to write out your, your own scenario, but this is something that we need to be conscious of. Depreciation is a real thing every single year that is reducing your taxable income against the property and something that you can be creative about to reduce your active income even. So again, just to reiterate the tax code, this is something, this is not a tax loophole. This is something that Congress has decided for many, many years, they're going to give benefits to investors to stimulate the economy. The whole tax code is written to encourage economic decisions being made by consumers, by the US citizens. So depreciation is one of those benefits. It's important to note that in general the cash flow that we receive on rental properties it is taxable, it's taxed at a lower rate than active income because it's considered passive income, but I like to refer to it as tax-free income because the cash flow that you receive on the investment property you really should be paying no taxes on if you're doing your accounting appropriately or very little taxes on it because you have depreciation, you have your mortgage interest, you have all these write-offs. Some of them are listed here in this slide, mortgage interest, PM fees, any maintenance on the property closing costs, legal and accounting fees, insurance. all these are business expenses that you can reduce from your your taxable income on the cash flow, including depreciation. We're only focusing on depreciation now, but it's important to note that as you build your passive income portfolio, it's not going to be taxed like an active income would be. So that $3,000 of annual income through cash flow, that in reality could be equivalent of $4,500, $5,000 of pre-tax dollars that you would have otherwise earned from something else because you're not paying taxes on it. Let's dive a little bit more into depreciation. How depreciation is written out is that basically you take the home price on residential investment properties and you divide it by 27 and a half years. Where do we get that number? I have no idea, but it is what it is. So we'll use it in our calculations. Normally you separate out land and you just look at improvements. We're not going to be doing that for this example, for simplicity purposes on commercial real estate that's extended to 39 years. We're focusing on residential today. So if we have our hundred thousand dollar property that we divide by 27 and a half years, that basically is what every single year, that's a deduction against our active income that we really get to take. So that means that on a $100,000 property divided by 27 and a half years, that is a $3,636 reduction in taxable income that already wipes out our cash flow for this property, right? So that means our, our income on the property is completely tax free. What we're gonna be talking about a little bit also is kind of high level stuff where if you qualify as a real estate professional and you start to own multiple properties, now you can actually take this depreciation against your active income and use this to offset your taxable income beyond just the properties. But let's go ahead and continue our calculation on this. So this reduces your taxable income by $3,600, not actually a, a real tax savings, which we need to calculate the ROI. So we need to apply this to a tax bracket. If we look at someone that's in the 28th tax bracket, you reduce your 3600 by a 28%. So that shows us just over $1,000 of what the real tax savings would be that someone would otherwise pay. Take that $1,000 divided by 20000 initial investment, and it's about a 5% return on investment. And that's a real savings that you do realize annually. And so that's what your return on investment would be just on depreciation. There's what's called a cost segregation study. And this is a little bit high level. This is what we work with our clients on to kind of develop a plan for over time. But what a cost segregation does is it takes accelerated depreciation. You need to be qualified as a real estate professional. You don't apply for this. You don't have to be a real estate agent. Really what this is, is is a self-proclaimed status based on where you earn your income and spend your time earning your income throughout the year. So I mean, it helps if you're an agent, sure, but it's not necessary. If you have multiple rental properties, you potentially could easily qualify for as a real estate professional, which allows you to take your passive losses, like we just talked about and translate those to active losses to reduce your taxable income. This is exactly what we do personally, every single year. And the reason we continue to buy real estate, the tax code is written for real estate investors. What this means, though, with a real estate professional status is you have to have about 750 hours dedicated to real estate related activities. Again, you don't have to apply for this status. This is something if you were audited by the IRS, you would have to defend. And so it's just important to know that work with your CPA and attorney to make sure that you're going through the appropriate steps to qualify for this. But in theory, if you buy enough real estate, even if you're a doctor, lawyer, attorney, whatever the case is, if you're earning whatever level of income, you could potentially pay zero taxes on that if you buy enough real estate and do accelerated depreciation because you can qualify as a real estate professional because you have so many rentals. The goal for most of our clients is to qualify for a real estate professional because they have multiple rental properties and it's easy to justify that. I mean, imagine if you had you know, an extra 30 to 50% of your money every single year to reinvest. That is very exciting stuff. And that is just one of the many tax benefits we're going to talk about That real estate makes available to investors. So that's something that's a little bit high level, we'll go through a quick example. But in general, a cost segregation study, you hire an engineer, you pay for the engineer to do a study to say, okay, certain things in the house, you can take accelerated depreciation on the 27 and a half years, the roof, the flooring, the appliances, the paint, not all these things are going to last 27 and a half years. So we can take a portion of those in year one is a deduction. That's called bonus depreciation. And this is written into the tax code. And there could be some changes over time, but this is what we're looking at right now as what's what's applicable. Generally, when we run our calculations, we run about 30% of what you can take in year one. The rest of the 70% you take over the next 27 and a half years is normal. So what this means, a $100,000 house You can take potentially a $30,000 deduction off of your active income, no matter where that income is coming from, that you don't have to pay taxes on. Now, depreciation, I, I say that with a disclaimer, not paying taxes on what you're doing is you're delaying, you're delaying taxes, it's deferred income. And so at some point, if you sell that property, yes, you would have to recover that depreciation that you didn't use. However, there's also ways that you can further extend that through 1031s. I want to stop there because this is high-level stuff, guys, and probably some people's eyes are just glazing over. The point of this is to just show you the power of real estate investing from a tax perspective. In theory, this is a real thing. If you buy enough real estate, you can reduce your taxable income to zero every single year if you buy enough real estate. That gives you that much more money that you're not giving to Uncle Sam to then go and reinvest and actually earn an income in other areas. And there's ways through 1031 exchanges, that you can then further, when you do sell a property, not have to recover those taxes on. Of course, this is high-level planning that we need attorneys and CPAs involved in, which we work with you to develop that plan. But that is a very exciting thing to me, because that's a way to just almost double your income for that year and have more money to reinvest. This is how people build generational wealth. When we talk about passive income, there are certain levels of passive income that are important to achieve. The first one is Okay, let me pay for my expenses so I can, you know, not actually have to rely on my job and, you know, or all the money I earn from my job I can then reinvest or use for whatever. But the first level is covering your expenses. The next level is replacing your income and being able to really retire from your job. And then the next level of passive income that you can achieve over time is okay, let's live a lavish lifestyle and go out and do the things I want to, and still let my rental portfolio earn income while I'm you know, doing whatever I enjoy, and also set my children and their children's children up for success through generational wealth. Because as you pass on your real estate portfolio, it's not subject to the same level of taxes as money that would be in a 401k or something like that. We're not going to go into that in great detail, but just know that, again, there's a reason 90% of millionaires have built their net worth through real estate and why you, you can build generational wealth. As you can tell, I'm very excited about this stuff. And this is exactly what we do every single year. We run cost segregation studies, we buy lots of real estate to do this stuff. Let's look at the all these things combined on, on this property example, a total ROI of about 47%. We have cash flow of 15%, appreciation 20%, principal reduction of 7.5% and depreciation of about 5% in year one. If we're adding all those up together, we have about 9,500 through income and equity that we've grown just through one year, which if we would use $20,000 down to buy that property, that would be about a 48% return on investment. That's pretty attractive. I don't know anything else out there that can compare to this type of return when you're looking at all of these things. And again, this is not considering inflation into anything and looking at a long-term projection. This is just year one of growing your net worth. Every single property, imagine if you had 10 or 20 properties, all that were earning income and growing equity over time. Other high level of benefits. We we covered a lot of this, but just to go through some of these things, a 1031 exchange, because we talked about it, but we didn't define it. Basically what a 1031 exchange is, is it allows you to defer your capital gains. So If you bought that house for $100,000 and sold it for $140,000, after a few years, in theory, you would have had a $40,000 gain that you would have had to pay taxable income on. What the tax code allows you to do for real estate investors is to take that money and roll it into more real estate and defer your capital gains so you don't ever pay taxes. In theory, if you continue to do 1031s time and time again, when you pass away and pass on your portfolio to your heirs, those taxes are forgiven. You can ultimately defer taxes forever, potentially, if you continually do 1031s. And that's a way that you can continue to scale up your portfolio without having to pay taxes. There's timeline regulations with this and certain things you need to adhere to. But a common thing would be our investors buying three or four single family houses, letting those grow in equity over time through appreciation and debt pay down. Once they have enough equity in that property, they likely sell it in a three to five year period to then go out and buy more real estate, break into multifamily, buy commercial. You can buy other asset classes doing a 1031 exchange and not pay any capital gains taxes. So that's a huge tax benefit. We talked about cost segregation studies. Those used in tandem with 1031 exchanges are a way to ultimately defer your taxes completely. You can also invest through your retirement vehicles. If you have a 401k or a self-directed IRA established, through your employer or just individually, you can roll this over to a self-directed IRA or a solo 401k, which allows you to invest in assets like real estate through your retirement vehicle. You still get all the tax benefits that you normally do. And the you know there's different lending things to go through and, and different things to be aware of. But essentially that allows you to still contribute to your 401k or IRA and invest in real estate and get those benefits or roll over a plan that you already have still maintain those same tax benefits and invest in real estate. Very exciting stuff. We talked about inflation and and leverage, I think, enough. Again, inflation is a tool. There's no secret right now that we're going to experience a lot of inflation and it's not getting any better, everyone. I hate to break it to you. This is the world we live in today when our government is pumping trillions of dollars into the economy and printing money. The value of money is devalued over time. And it's important that we don't have money just sitting in the bank that's worth less in the future. It's important we're using inflation actually as a tool to buy real estate where inflation causes increases in income over time through higher appreciation, inflation causes rents to increase over time, as well as the the money that we pay the lender back with, it devalues the loan that we've taken out. In theory, if you were to hold a 30-year fixed mortgage and apply an average inflation number to that per year, You're actually, after 30 years, you're actually paying the lender back with less than you borrowed in future dollars. So, inflation can be a tool if you're investing in the right assets. I guess one last thing on inflation I think real estate is the best mitigation, second best mitigation to inflation, but using leverage and debt is even a better way to mitigate your exposure to inflation and use it as a tool. And you can have exponential growth growing your portfolio through all these tax benefits over time just to slow down a little bit. One thing we always get asked about with people looking to replace their active income or retire through real estate to some degree is this $10,000 a month, just because it's a round number, I think tends to be the most common number thrown out. So everyone wants to know, how do I achieve $10,000 of passive income? And what is it going to take to invest? And how long could that potentially take? Well, if you're looking at it just based on our $100,000 example, that cash flows $250 a month, In theory, to get to $10,000 passive income a month, you would have to buy 40 houses. That's a lot. Is it unrealistic? No. But is that the only way to achieve $10,000 of of passive income? Absolutely not. There's many different ways that we can assist our clients and investors to obtain $10,000 a month sooner, and then they can, you know, realistically uh, map out in their plan or with less properties. And I'm not going to go into grave detail with this because. This is something we work with each person on an individual basis to accomplish based on their goals, criteria, resources, timeline. There's different paths to follow. There's not a one size fits all. But my my goal here is just to show how you can, in theory, accomplish this and build out a general plan. 40 houses equal at $250 a month would equal $10,000 a month passive income. If you're putting $20,000 down, on each house, that would mean using leverage that you basically have to invest $800,000 of money over whatever period of time to achieve that. That's still not a bad return on investment when you're running the numbers and could be realistic for someone over their lifetime. But there's a lot of different ways we can achieve that. We just achieve that with less money and much quicker than an entire lifetime. We just talked about doing a 1031 exchange. Let's go back to our previous example here where let's say this $100,000 house, we can see after year one, that this would have a combined income of cash flow. You're not spending your cash flow, you're saving it to reinvest, as well as accessible equity of about $10,000 in a conservative example. If you held this property for two years, it's likely that you have about $20,000 of income and equity that is accessible to use to buy another property. That's in addition to the $20,000 you've already put down on this property. So in theory, after 2 years of holding this property, you could have $20,000 of earned income and equity as well as your $20,000 down payment to then sell that property, do a 1031 exchange, not pay any taxes, to go out and buy two more properties. So what that means is you can double up your investment after potentially 2 years. Now that's stretching it a little bit realistically what we're seeing is you know, probably three to five years is the average holding period for most of our investors before they thirty-one and exchange up. But let's just use, I just ran some numbers here for someone that invested $100,000 year one and didn't do anything else. You stop there. You're not investing another $100,000 year two, three, four. You're not buying other properties. You just invested $100,000 year one. You're buying five houses because that's $20,000 down on five different houses, okay? So with that example, with owning five houses year one, that's $1,250 of passive income in year one, plus you're earning about $10,000 of equity and income on each one of those properties every single year that you hold it. So let's fast forward in year three at some point where you've held those five properties and you have you know at least $20,000 of equity and income to buy other properties and we 1031 each one of those properties to buy two more for every one you sell. We can re-listen to this and map it out on a plan if we need to. But if we sell five houses and do 1031 exchanges on those and double our portfolio in year three to 10 homes, now we're earning 250 per 10 homes is $2,500 a month. Let's say we hold that for three more years and now we're in year six and we're doubling our portfolio doing a 1031 exchange from 10 houses to 20. Now we're earning $5,000 a month after year six. Fast forward three more years. Again, we're, going, we're adding an extra year in here just to be conservative and go from 20 to 40 and trading up, keep 1031, 1031 exchanging. Now you're at $10,000 a month after year nine of just investing $100,000 in year one and going through 1031 exchanges each year. I realize this is a very simplistic example. There's a lot of working parts to this. But my point is, is that it's very easy to continually invest and find creative ways to expedite this, this over time. So this is what we work with each one of our investors on to, to build a, a map on their strategic plan and their investment goals. Let's talk a little bit about rent to retirement, exactly what we do. And then we'll go through a couple of property examples and open the floor to anyone that has any specific questions. Rent to retirement, as uh, Angela mentioned in the very beginning, we're turnkey provider we strategically invest in markets that offer the best investment opportunities areas that we personally invest in ourselves we look for markets that offer the best investment return based on the home prices the rental demand rental amounts relative to home prices we want to invest in areas that have landlord friendly legislation low taxes future population and economic growth these are all important things that are important to consider when you want to build a sustainable portfolio long-term. Those are the markets we identify to invest in. We go in and build our own personal portfolio, local boots on the ground team to find, acquire, rehab, and manage these properties so we can offer a turnkey investment to our clients. So We build our local teams in the areas that we've identified to be highly probable to set ourselves and our investors up for success. When we talk about a turnkey property, these are properties that are either fully renovated or newly built, leased, and professionally managed by our partnerships and our teams, allowing our investors to easily invest in these different markets and diversify their portfolio in different markets without having to build your own team from the ground up. That takes a lot of time, risk and money from the investor perspective. We've already done the heavy lifting for you and and built those systems and teams in place. We mainly operate in your B and A class areas. We wanna be in areas where you're attracting quality tenants that allows for predictable performance on the properties. It is a balancing act of having an appropriate return on investment, but also attracting quality tenants. We operate in single family. We have small and large multifamily investments available, commercial, retail, and office, and we do a lot of new build and development projects. We're going to be talking about some of the new builds we do in Southwest Florida and other parts of the country where you can come into immediate equity, sometimes of $50,000 plus just from the market, the dynamics of the market that allow you to expedite the goals or do a cash out, refi, and pull your money back out to reinvest, You know, doing some of those creative things. We'll talk about that. Our goal ultimately is to help investors build a strategic investment plan and to be successful. There's always variances in real estate. Guys, you're dealing with tenants. There's going to be obstacles that come up. We stay involved with our clients. We want to do everything we can to set you up for success, deal with obstacles when they do a core But basically, we want to help you build out the best plan for success, incorporating the important things from a tax, legal, accounting, and financing perspective. We want you to be successful because that means there's a high likelihood you're going to come back to invest with us long-term and buy more properties with us and refer other people to us, which helps us build our business over time. If anyone Googles us, we have a very strong public reputation that we are very proud of. And that's a hard thing to do in the real estate industry. Not everything works out perfectly but we, we've had many investors that we've helped over many, many years build very successful portfolios and they continue to invest with us over time. Almost every client we have is a long-term client. Who is it right for? Really anyone that wants to diversify their portfolio, someone that's looking to get started and wants some a little bit more handholding, someone that's a busy professional and wants a passive investment, someone that just wants to scale over time quicker. Even if you're doing your own flips, rehabs, wholesales, whatever the case is, you know, buying properties that are already done for you and everything's already set up, it allows you to scale your portfolio. The name of the game here is scalability over time for anyone that wants to build substantial passive income. So even if you have your own flips going on, that doesn't mean you can't buy turnkey as well. It's not flips or turnkey. I mean, this is one area that you can add to your portfolio and one other investing strategy that's going to allow you to be successful and grow your portfolio over time. For anyone that's first getting started, turnkey is an excellent way to just kind of dip your toes into real estate and learn from a team of professionals that has already been successful. And hold your hand through the entire process. There's a lot of working parts. How do I invest in a property out of state? what, What sort of due diligence items do you go through? There's a lot of working parts that are incorporated into that. And we're going to walk you through all of that. And by the time you get to your second or third property, it's going to be second nature. That allows you to be a more successful investor because your true education comes from actually being hands-on and actually doing it, going through that process. It's important to have some guidance and mentorship so you don't have the same mistakes or make the same mistakes, which can be very costly that others that don't have that same sort of guidance. Your first property, by the way, is your most important. First property out of state, first investment property in general. It's so important to get you in that investor mindset because it helps you build your confidence. not financially, it's the most important property you're ever going to buy from an emotional standpoint and just psychological standpoint. So just know that. If I would encourage you to set yourself a goal if you haven't bought your first property out of state or your first investment property, set yourself a goal to get one done over the next 90 to 120 days. Now's an exceptional time to use leverage with all-time low interest rates. Get that property done. That's what's gonna put you in the mindset to be able to scale over time. It's so essential guys. It all starts with that one. Our first house was that duplex that we bought, lived in half, invested in the other half and rented out. So get started. That's a piece of advice I can tell everyone. Let's go through some um, examples. I brought up two examples here. I'm going to breeze through these a little bit um, because we go through in great detail property examples with anyone that's interested and reaches out. Our first goal is to have an investment consultation with anyone that's interested to learn more. So I mean, we're going to show you a link at the end where you can set up a, a consultation with one of our investment strategists. We don't charge clients anything. Education is, is absolutely free by act, if you're actually taking steps to do it. How we get paid is through building or renovating houses. So that's, that's our value add. We're adding, you know, we have our fee and through the presenting a investment property that's going to make sense for the end client. If the cash flow makes sense to you from a long-term buy and hold perspective, it's a win-win for everyone. I want you to know that though. There's there's no cost associated with speaking with our team. Our goal is to assist you and set you up for success. So ideally, we build that long-term relationship. That's very important to us. So we're going to just breeze through these examples real quick, just so you can get kind of an idea of the different types of properties that we offer and how to read a pro forma. And then we're going to open it up to a, a Q&A kind of open forum. We sell properties rather quickly at any given point in time. We should have 30 to 50 properties available across different markets. You know, These could be single family or multifamily, both. This is a property that's probably in a B-class area. It's 2420 Sheffield Avenue. This is a, in a suburb of Indianapolis. So about 45 minutes away, kind of a nice bedroom community, but also a very family-oriented area. So we're looking at the rents. We have the rents. We have the square footage, bed, bath. This is a two-one, a little bit of a smaller house maybe not someone something you would personally live in, but absolutely something that would be highly attractive for a tenant at $1,100 a month, built in 1940, completely renovated in 2021. This is what you're going to see on our website or any property that we present to you. You can see here that we've already run the calculation for you. We look at a 15% return on investment. That is not factoring in, by the way, everything we we went through earlier. That's only a portion. Our pro forma will show you more details later. But you can look at your monthly cash flow. what kind of down payment, this down payment of $27,000 is assuming you're using a 30-year fixed loan with 20% down. Then we go through and look at some pictures. You can see that it's nicely renovated to kind of a B-class standard. This is what we do with all the turnkey homes. We renovate them, lease them, and manage them to offer a consistent investment product for our investors. Looking at a pro forma here, you can see the purchase price. We kind of have all the numbers outlined for you with we run everything with a 20% down payment estimation because this is going to be what would be typical with your Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac loans putting 20% down. We do factor in closing costs because that is a real cost. Uh, these are going to be some lender fees, title fees, appraisal, inspection, things like this. Um, looking at a 4% rate, obviously these are not hard and fast numbers to go by. It's important that you run your own pro forma to look at you know, if you're getting a 4.25% rate, you know, there's certain things that are going to be variable, but this will give you a good starting point to see where, how the property is performing. We would take the tax into consideration, insurance premium, and then we, we factor in future vacancy, future maintenance, as well as property management, even though the property is, we're not expecting it to have any vacancy or maintenance. It's important we're factoring that in for the future. So then you can come down here and kind of see what your net operating income would be, what your cash on cash return would be. And then we do go through and break down the depreciation, appreciation, and your principal reduction per year. We have new construction. If you're hanging out still listening to this and you haven't fallen asleep or eyes glazed over, I commend you because we've gotten to the most exciting opportunity that we've seen in a long time, which is our Cape Coral new construction. This is where we're building to suit for people. These are brand new houses built in A-class areas. This is in one area. So Cape Coral is southwest Uh, Florida adjacent to Fort Myers. This is going to be something that is going to allow you to expedite your goals. It does take about a year to build them. And so you do need to be patient. But the exciting thing about these type of properties is that they are appraising for usually in the mid 300s. Okay. That means if we're selling it to you for 275, it takes a year to build. You come into immediate equity of 50 to maybe $75,000 that's a big deal. Uh, you could sell the property year one. You could do a cash out refi and pull all of your money back out, potentially. I don't want to guarantee this because I mean, this is the future. But what we're seeing, and we have real appraisals to show people today, average appraisals we're seeing on the low end of 310, which would still be $35,000 of equity in this case, on the high end of 400,000. We've had some people that have had over $100,000 of equity. Um, that's a real thing. Uh, those guys, Those people did exceptionally well and they are very excited. What they can do, you can sell the property to to have a gain year one. Again, you would have to pay taxes on that. You're essentially flipping that build. You can do a cash out refi to pull a lot of your money back out. So you're essentially into the property for little to no money down. Then you can reinvest your capital. That's a very exciting thing. You know, There's so many, this is such an excellent opportunity to come into a brand new construction model where you have immediate equity. And this property still cash flows. New construction is hard to cash flow well in most parts of the country because the rents do not take up adequate percentage of the home price plus taxes and insurance. Could be astronomical. These houses that we're selling for 275, which is at this point in time, over time construction costs will go up, you guys, but so will the market value. When we're talking about a 350 appraisal price, or valuation. That's today's appraisal. 12, 13 months down the line, when this house is completed, it absolutely should be higher than that, giving you more equity. Again, you have to be patient. This property rents out for between $22 to $2,400 a month. So we can look at a pro forma. Here's some interior photos of, of this completed property. We're being conservative on the pro forma here. This is our Verona model. to 4-2, showing that appraisal is at three thirty. Right now, we're absolutely seeing appraisals much higher than that. But if you're just running your pro forma to look at a cash flow analysis at the 275 for a 2250 rent, I mean, you're still cash flowing at a 12 over a 12% return on investment for new construction that also has $50,000 of equity in it. That's an exceptional thing. My point in bringing this one up, not only do I think it's an exceptional opportunity because we've never really had new construction that has this much potential in it, but there's so many creative things that we work with our clients on to help put yourself in a position where you can be creative to accomplish your cash flow goals quicker. And so there's all sorts of things that we work with our clients on an individual basis. I think there's a few questions we'll just briefly run through. We identify markets that have stable economies. That have a diversity of industries. These are areas usually in the Midwest and Southeast that we don't see these huge fluctuations. If a market were to, you know, potentially stagnate or even correct, real estate markets can be cyclical, and it's important to realize that. However, if you have a, a, the appropriate fundamentals of investing for cash flow, again, remember these are long-term buy-and-hold properties. So as long as your property is cash flowing well, all real estate and all markets will appreciate over time largely in part due to inflation. So that's important to know. Regardless of short-term fluctuations, all real estate markets will appreciate over time. But we handpick areas that have less volatility. These, a lot of these markets could be Ohio, Missouri, Indiana, Arkansas, Tennessee. We do Alabama, the Carolinas, Florida. These are some of the areas that we, we've seen the best returns where you get a balance of cash flow and setting yourself up for success on cash flow and sustainability, but also having appreciation. We all know some of the coastal markets like New York and California and Washington, Oregon. The, the taxes are so high, the rents do the are regulated, the home prices are so high, you cannot cash flow in those areas. Denver, Colorado, that's another challenging one. So we invest in areas strategically, looking at all this, that criteria. We talked a little bit about syndications, or you asked about syndications. Syndications are where you're just giving money to someone else that's rehabbing a project, expecting a specific return. We do offer syndications. We didn't talk about that at all today, uh, where you're basically being a limited partner in LP and, and lending money to someone else that's going to rehab and you're getting a specific return on investment. We have those options available if that's what someone is interested in. Regardless of that, the benefits of actual property ownership through all the things that we just talked about today are going to be exponentially better returns than being a passive or limited partner in a syndication. That's why we are so adamantly about people investing in real estate and actually having property ownership and using leverage, which you can't do in a syndication. You know, you're just turning over $50,000 to someone to go and rehab a project. However, If you're at the point where you've already built your portfolio, you no longer want to expand your portfolio. You want to invest in a syndication. We have those opportunities available and I encourage you to do the same thing. Reach out and we'll talk about it.
0: So another question that that came up or actually a couple, you know, a couple questions you guys are asking, Hey, is this available in my market or whatever the case may be? Again, um, I would set up a consultation. This inventory is changing all the time. So there could be something available in your market because it makes sense, and there may not be. Um, our, the goal is to definitely make sure that you're getting the highest return on investment. Um, another good question is, you know, um, why, are there other competitive companies like rent to retirement out there? Yes. I've researched them myself. Um, we're absolutely not here to tell you that rent to retirement is the only one, but I will say from my personal, um, research that I have yet to find. So this is where you guys need to share with me. (laughs) No offense there, Zach, but I have yet to find, um, a passive income company that has given me more of a return on investment than rent to retirement. And, and that is why I love this company so much.
1: I appreciate that, Angela. I mean, of course, there's competitors. Everyone has a different business model. I will be cautious if you're just Googling turnkey. There's a lot of people that call themselves turnkey in that space and operate in that space, and they're not. We have a very strong public reputation out there of not only, I mean, for us, it's not only about offering good investment opportunities and a diversity of investments across different markets and asset classes, but also offering the personal attention to the client. Not everything works out 100% as expected in real estate. You have tenants. Sometimes you may need to evict them at, over time. That, that's a reality. That stuff happens. It's important to have a team that you know you can communicate with to help you and walk you through that process and handle that for you appropriately. And someone that's going to spend the time with you to help you map out a strategy plan. Someone that is a professional investor that's already paved the path by doing it personally, which we absolutely have. Those are the important things that are important to me and that we stand behind and, and feel very strongly about being, having that competitive edge above anyone else. and Any sort of public reviews, you know, things like this. I mean, we maintain that for a reason.
0: Zach, we truly, truly appreciate your time. Is there anything golden that you can leave us with here today?
1: Well, again, thank you for having me. This this was a pleasure to be here. And for anyone that actually made it through uh, the whole hour, I was just rambling on. I think that, um, thank you for listening to that. Hopefully there was some good nuggets in that. Obviously, I'm very passionate about real estate. Real estate, you guys, has allowed us to live the lifestyle, create the lifestyle that we wanted and generational wealth for, for our children. It doesn't happen overnight, but I truly sincerely believe it's the best asset class to be involved in and the easiest path and why so many millionaires have been made in through real estate investing. But you have to get started. You have to take action and you have to consistently take action over time. Education is vitally important and very necessary, but education without ac- action is useless. And so it's important that we are going on actually buying properties and working with the right people and putting, you know, educating ourselves over time, and just consistently taking action. So we're excited to work with anyone that wants to take action and learn more. And this has been an absolute pleasure.